Blog Talk Radio. Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jimmy Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. Hey, I am super, super excited uh, for today's guest. We, um, I, I was blown away. Uh, it's got a new documentary that's dropping, I believe, next week, um, if my notes are correct here. I could be wrong, uh, but I think it's next week. And um, this documentary is just fantastic. It's um, so, I found it so fascinating. And just on so many levels, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome writer, producer, director, all-around cool guy, Mr. Chris Strikes. Chris, how are you? Uh, I'm great. I'm great, Jamie. Thank you. I love that intro. I love that intro. And your notes are correct. The film releases next week, June 14th, on VOD streaming platforms. Nice. So that's in the States, and then a couple days later in Canada, right? Yeah, in, in Canada, it actually releases July 19th because we're syncing oh, okay. up the Canadian release with uh, Carnival here in Toronto. So uh, we, we pushed it back. We pushed the Canadian date back a little bit to be more in line with our Carnival. Well, that's fantastic. I'm going to tell you, um, growing up, no, I, and it's weird because I live in South Florida. That's where I'm at right now. I know you're in Toronto. Um, I hope... The summer is get, finally getting off to a good start there and, and whatnot. Um, one of my favorite cities. Um, but yeah, I, think, I live in South is. Florida, and it's all, you know, Caribbean, Caribbean culture here. I mean, it is, it, you know, Florida is a weird state. It's, yes, it's a southern state, but um, the, the, if you go south from Orlando, it gets very global quickly, <laughs> you know, very Caribbean uh, and, and South and Central America, um, as far as food and, and you know music and stuff, and it's just very. I find it fascinating. Um, but anyway, I didn't know that much about Carnival, and then when the pandemic happened, I started. Um, and I got addicted to all these these channels on YouTube. I don't know if you call them shows or, you know, people put out like stuff, and so I'm watching all this stuff, and uh, and and I, one of my passions that I love is I love learning about how people live in other parts of the world and, and you know, what, what they're doing. And I just find it interesting. And I came across this channel with these giant floats. Now, in the States, of course, you know how Americans are. We think we're the best at everything. Um, <laughs> you know, we just, we just do. It's just part of the DNA, I suppose. Whether that's a good thing, <laughs> I don't think it always is. But, um, you know, we've got our little parade the little Macy's parade and the Rose Bowl on Thanksgiving and stuff. And yeah, they're great. And yeah, we, I thought we had pretty good floats until I saw these floats out of like Brazil and it was like floats turned up to a hundred, you know, and the same thing happened to me when I watched your documentary. I'm like, cause I, I growing up, I had a sister that did beauty pageants and my wife, 
used to do a lot of cosplay events at these conventions, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, they were great and all this and that, and they had outfits and costumes and whatnot. Then I saw your your documentary, and I'm like, yeah, turned up to a thousand. I mean, oh my god, giant costume, you know, and and all of this, and you know, it has rollers and wheels and stuff. It, and it's worn one time, you know. I, I I found it fascinating as somebody who didn't know much about it. It, it hooked me and sucked me in, man. I, I love it. Love it. I got to get Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that the film really resonated with you in, the, in that type of way. And especially as um, you mentioned, you didn't know too much about Carnival. So I'm glad that uh, as as someone who's just learned about Carnival, that the, the the film really resonated with you, the visuals really resonated with you. Oh, I'm telling you. And the music, everything. This is a really, I, you know, Chris, I just got to tell you, you know, between me and you and the lamppost, you kind of know what you're doing on these, uh, making these movies, you know? I mean, this was firing on all cylinders, uh, my friend. <laughs> Good job. I appreciate you know, that. This is great. Thank you so yeah. much. I appreciate that. I appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Next time you're at a party and you say, yeah, I make movies, and they're like, oh, zombies, killers, what? You're like, uh, no, very intelligent, well-made documentaries. How about that, you know? Don't get me a drink. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was, this was very, very cool. I, how long was this thing? Because it seemed like it was too short. To, I mean, it. Not that it was lacking in, in stuff. It was just over quick. No, an hour and a half? Hour and a half? Wow, it didn't seem like that. Um, I was in it, man. There were no bathroom breaks watching this documentary. Uh, it was... Or, no, you know, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> man, you, you don't yeah. want to miss anything. This was good stuff. This is cool. How did... You know, first off, before we get even get into this, growing up, you grew up in Toronto? Correct, yeah. Were you like the film kid? Like we all, you know, I had like my one friend was the band guy and he always was in bands. And I knew of somebody else that was always wanting to be uh, Chris Strikes, you know, making movies and stuff. Uh, were you always that kid, the creative uh, kind of film guy? So I was a creative, but not necessarily a film guy. I didn't really get into like film and using cameras until probably around high school. But I used to draw mm. and paint a lot as a kid. Um, so I was creative in that way, but I was actually the soccer kid. So I, 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 my first Mm. love, um, I would say outside of my mother, of course, uh, it was, is soccer. And so I, I was the the kid like, you know, known for playing soccer, especially because at that time, um, like we see how huge soccer has blown up, um, in the last 10 years, both in the Canada, both in Canada and the U S um, but like back in the early nineties, like soccer wasn't really that big, especially in Canada. So I kind of right. got like known as like, you know, the kid that plays soccer instead of hockey or something like that. So yeah, that's, that's how I grew up with the, with, <laughs> with a little bit of an art background. Don't they have to skate? Oh my God. Although full disclosure, I did also play hockey too. I did also play hockey too, but but you know, soccer just resonated with me so much more, and it it was uh, you know it was it was it was my joy. So I grew up playing soccer. Nice, nice. Well, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I have 
I have known a lot of, you know, and I, I still know uh, some people that are successful in, in their field, in their trade. And one of the common denominators, you know, if you always ask somebody, somebody's doing real good, you're like, man, how did you get here? <laughs> you know, what? what and, and so you, as, as I sit back, I kind of see this common denominator. A lot of people have a background when they were younger in athletics and sports. And that doesn't surprise me. I have a theory could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm just a painter with a podcast. I have no idea how scientific this is. But it seems to me that people that play sports or athletics, um, they, they get very the idea, the concept very quickly that if you do something a lot, you get better at it. You get good at it. You know, you can see marked improvement. And um, a lot of people, you know, uh, your film – I see a lot of attention to detail in there, you know, that you don't necessarily see in other films. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a, you know, got to be right, <laughs> you know. Got to get the ball down the field. It doesn't just Absolutely. happen. Um, well, that's great, man. That is cool. Yeah, that and I can, cool. even, so you got- I can even um, – sorry, I, I was going to say um, just on the sports analogy, I can even mention uh, about, uh, like, kind of where the, the – inspiration of the film came from um mm. there's there's a there's a european football team sorry european soccer team named real madrid and uh, they just won their 14th champions league but for the longest time um because i think they've won five in the last eight years or something like that and for the longest time they were stuck on nine so when they finally mm. won their 10th it was such a big deal. La decima is what they called it in Spain. La decima, la decima. That's what they were obsessed about. So when I met Joella and, um, you know, I, I was finding out about her story in Carnival and, 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 and uh, as competing for Queen, and I was like, you know, it, uh, this was back in 2017, and I was like, you know, if you win this year, that would be nine. So next year you're going for ten. So that's a big, big milestone. Has every anybody ever oh, won yeah. ten before? And she, she's like, no. Um, so I was like, you know, we're gonna have to make a documentary if if you win nine and then you're going for ten. So you know, just to bring in that sports connection and sports analogy, part of the inspiration of telling this film at this particular time had to do with Real Madrid's obsession with winning their tenth European Championship at the time. Well. That doesn't surprise me because you would have to be a, a, a little obsessed, you know. I mean, when you watch your film, I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's the, these costumes and just the preparation. Number one, you know, people are like, yeah, it's a good costume, whatever. No, well, the three-story costume that she's got to have wheels connected to that go out there <laughs> and then perform in, you know, I, you drag around a three-story you know, bungalow. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to sing and dance. I, I don't know. You got to eat your Wheaties is all I'm saying. <laughs> it seemed to me, you know, I couldn't do it. I could be like, where's Gene? He's in the back. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying kudos, to move it. Kudos to the it. people that can. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. I'd be like, is this thing tied down? Did somebody tie this to the wall? What is, what is happening? Um, now she's doing it. Her sister does it. The whole family's really into this. And, you know, and it was amazing. And it was amazing. And it's amazing. You caught, I don't want to give anything away because I want people to watch it. Um, but there were some some drama moments 
where people, uh, you know, might have been a little uh, worked up, you know. Tensions might have been flying high a little bit there and there, which did not mm-hmm. – as I as I told you, Chris, my wife and her sister started – this was a couple – they discovered cosplay, and they go to these – dress up like superheroes and make these costumes and stuff and go to these conventions. Nothing like what your documentary is about. I mean – your documentary is like on a 90, their stuff is like on a 15. Um, but I have been home the night before the big competition, um, you know, holding pieces of, I don't know, sequin stuff together to glue it. And, you know, that's usually all I am as a, a holder. Um, they do all the design work. And tears have been flowing. You know, and I'm like, and that's just on this smaller level. I can only imagine, I mean, it's family honor involved in this. You know, this is serious business. Um, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. And this family allowed you into that, that uh, you know, that space. Amazing. Yeah, I was really uh, lucky and blessed to be, um, you know, invited into the space to to uh, tell their story and Joella entrusting me with her story. But not not only Joella, but um, also the costume designer as well, too, Kenny Coombs, um, uh, him inviting me into the space and into his process because I I had known uh, Joella previously and and even more so I've known Mishka, her sister, previously before Mm -hmm. I even know the two of them were sisters. Um, I, I had met them on separate occasions, um, but for for Kenny, Ken, Kenny was just kind of at first, and, and he'll admit this as well too. He's, he's kind of at first like, who's this? Who's this skinny kid with this camera wanting to follow me around? Like, I don't know what he's here for, you know. And then, <laughs> and then when he uh, when he saw when he saw the thing come together, and when he saw the the final film, he was like, wow, like you know that 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 it, it's really incredible with how it came together because. I didn't know that that he was able to do it um, on on such a scale and be able to do it um, so artistically and whatnot. So I was really, really lucky to be um, invited into uh, the the spaces of the participants of the documentary. No, it's amazing. He's amazing. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. 
My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Ruxgear, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. You know, it's, I, that's what I do for a living. I, I take pictures of people and stuff, and I've uh, been doing that for 20 years, you know, for a long time. Um, had a good life doing that. You're still having a good life, hopefully for a while. Um, but I got to mm-hmm. tell you, as a as an artist, as, as a painter, it, my stuff's very it's very easy. I, I paint, you know, somebody. You, a lot of my business is commission work. Uh, people say, hey, I want a painting of this or whatever, you know, paint my dog, or whatever it is. Um, I'll paint anything as long as it's check, ladies and gentlemen. I'll paint anything <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> what Kenny does is he creates these this this almost sculptural piece, this giant thing, this, this, and, and the detail, it's just amazing. And then he has somebody else show it to the world, <laughs> you know, get out and yeah. sell it, sell the piece. I, I don't know if I could do that. You know, um, it, it is, that's hard to do <laughs> as, as a creative person. You know, okay, I've done my, here it is. Go, Go to work now with it. Um, man, I'm telling you, if, if, and if my creative friends who are hearing this will understand, 
know, <laughs> not in that world of things. What the hell is he talking about? No, it's, it's when your name's on it, baby, it's got to be done right, you know. Um, Absolutely. That's amazing. And you're right with that. It's, a, it's such a collaborative process between the designer and the portrayer of the costume because, you know, oftentimes um, there will be somebody who will design a really wonderful costume, really spectacular costume, but the performer or the portrayer of it doesn't always do the best job with it and vice versa. Sometimes you may have like a smaller costume that may not be as elaborate um, as some of the bigger ones, but the, but the performer or the portrayer does a really incredible job um, in portraying the costume and in performing in the costume. So to bring those two elements together um, so succinctly in the way that uh, um, Kenny and Joella do, it, it is a really beautiful and collaborative process. And, and, and you know, it's not just um, uh, Kenny and Joella, but there's just so many combinations of designer and portrayer um, within the world of carnival and all over the world within the world of carnival that do incredible jobs um, in the creation and then in the portrayal of the costume. So it's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's almost like auto racing because auto racing, right. you have the team that, that works on the car, you know, changes the tires, uh, uh, gasses the car. And then you have your driver who's usually the face of the team. You have the driver who's, who's, who's you know, taking the car out on, on, on the track and making all the maneuvers. <laughs> Even even with their their um the engineers in their in their ear like you know overtake here or hold back here because we're we don't have enough gas so, or come pit stop so it's, mm. it's a similar collaborative kind of process. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you better have it right or somebody's dying. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pressure is on, baby. I'm sure some tums are being eaten. Oh my gosh, um, one of the things that I found. Uh, you know, I know people are going to wonder, especially when they, they see just how elaborate some of these are, and it's so, so amazing. Um, and you as a filmmaker, as an independent filmmaker, you probably, yeah, it's no big deal for you, you know, it's getting money to make a film, that's the easiest thing in the world, you know. I, where do they get the money to do these giant, co- I mean, okay, I need to buy a hundred yards of this material or something, you know, I mean, that, they don't just give that away. Uh, checks have to be written and stuff. Do they have like uh, fundraising events and whatnot to pay for all this yeah, stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. So actually, uh, the, the funding of Carnival is a much contentious issue year after year. Um, so it, it it is it is like a, a sensitive conversation or a difficult conversation to sometimes mm. have. But you know, without without um, necessarily diving too deep in some of the controversial elements of it. Generally, um, a lot of the costume designers um, are using their own money, which is part of the problem. Mm. Um, and then uh, there, there are other, um, like, for example, people who win, there's a little bit of a prize money. It's not anything huge, but um, that prize money is then used um, into the next year uh, to put towards building right. the costume of the next year as well, too. And then uh, each band does raise a certain amount of money as well, too, just for the section costumes. So the, the section costumes are sort of the smaller, um, more common ones that, that you see, like most of the people during the parade have. So money is mm. raised through the sale of those costumes and through sponsorships as well, too. But uh, a lot of the times you have people who are putting in their own 
their own money into it because, um, you know, despite, despite the fact that it should be funded better by like some of these sponsors or government organizations, it's just that people love Carnival so much. And it's like, it's like they have to have Carnival so much. So it's, it, it, so people end up putting in their own money into these. And sometimes these costumes can cost between 10 and 15 and 20,000 Canadian, which um, mm. would be, I guess, the equivalent of like, you know, six, uh, eight and like uh, probably like 16,000 U.S. Um, roughly. Right. So it's, it's big, big money that we're talking about, you know, and this is year oh, after yeah. year and there's, yeah, sometimes people are designing multiple costumes, so they're designing uh, one for uh, a king, one for queen. Uh, sometimes there's a male individual and then a female individual, which is the category before king and queen. So some bands are designing up to four large costumes like that. So it's, 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 it's definitely a very um, big financial un- undertaking. Well, it's it's amazing that it happens. I'm so glad it does, though, because I mean we we benefit being able to see it and whatnot. And speaking of of money and whatnot, so um, you know, uh, Chris, you decided to make a movie, and um, <laughs> at some point, you know, somebody said, "Well, yeah, you can do this, but you got to pay me." And you're like, "Oh man, we got to make some money. <laughs> we got to get some money <laughs> to, do to make this project happen." How was that? Did you do crowdfunding or anything like that, or just private investors, producers, as they call them in the film business? Yeah, so um, we had we had a combination of, of grants from uh, uh, Hot Docs, um, Cross Currents Canada mm-hmm. grant, um, and then as well to the Toronto Arts Council. Uh, we, we got a grant from the Toronto Arts Council, so I definitely have to shout out those two funding bodies. And the rest of that, uh, or sorry, the rest of the funding, um, was a combination of, of my own funds and then just in-kind services as well, too. So, um, nice. you know, there, there, there wasn't um, a big sort of in, uh, angel investor uh, involved in the project. So, you know, it was really, really um, came together. <laughs> you, mean, to... you mean to tell me, Chris, some guy didn't ride up in a limousine chewing on a big cigar and, Chris, this is brilliant. I mean, I wish. I mean, I wish. Don't, aren't they? Aren't they just on every street corner? <laughs> yeah. Some, you know, it's funny. People starting out in the film business, kind of some of the people I know, they uh, they tend to think that that and bands. For some reason, bands are always. Oh, I just need that record deal. I'm like, you gotta pay that money back, dude. You don't. That's how that works. Oh no. Exactly. Uh, they, they don't realize. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, it's 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 amazing. Um, well, that's cool, man. And I got to say, I just want to say uh, for those starting, you know, getting into trying to make independent film and whatnot, if you want to get those grants and whatnot, I imagine there's a process. I have no idea what it is. But what I do know is get your stuff together, man. I got a press kit. I have a lot of film people on the show. I got a lot of bands, all this kind of stuff. I got an EPK, electronic press kit, from Chris and his team that is so, I'm ready to give them a mortgage on their home. It's a 23-page press kit, 22-page, <laughs> and it has everything you would need. Every question answered, every, you know, just laid out in a nice way. You gotta do this, Dan. You gotta do it. Get it together. 
<laughs> you know? yeah, I don't know where you learned how to do all this, Chris, but it shows you are a pro, buddy. You are a pro. I, this is fantastic. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and the package is just as important as the product, right? Because it's like you can have a great product, but if it's not well packaged, it, it can turn people off. So, um and, and, you know, in terms of the press kit and whatnot, I, I, I've just learned from looking at other press kits, and I, uh, it's not the first one that I've made, so I've looked at previous ones that I've made and, and, uh, for short films and whatnot and um, ha- have been like, oh, you know, I could have done this better or, or I forgot to add this part or, you know, so it just, it just comes all together, um, uh, I guess, just overstudying, yeah, overstudying other stuff. And, and I have a saying in that... Um, and I can't remember where I, where I, where I heard this. So I, I can't take the credit for this, but how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, right. And I live by that. So, you know, e- e- even, even if it's a small project, not to say that becoming a queen is a small project because it's not, but even if it is a small project, I approach it as if it's a big multi-million dollar project in the same way. Yeah. Cause it's good practice, <laughs> you know, for when you're going to be doing those big projects. Um, this is fantastic. Absolutely. This is fantastic. I tell everybody, um, I, I'm a painter. I paint paintings of people. I've got an EPK. You know, you have to have, especially if you're in a, you're trying to do anything. I don't care if you're selling biscuits or, or, or cakes or whatever. Have a press kit. So when you go on a podcast, I just got to thank you, Chris, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody can <get> a podcast. <laughs> It's so nice to have everything right here. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. You're very I welcome. I brought a tear to my eye. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So let me ask you that. You mentioned, now you met Joella, this was 2007. Or you guys started filming. I know this was a three-year deal, um, like a three-year project. That's one thing about you filmmakers I can never understand. I'm blown away by because I did not know this before I started doing the podcast. I would watch, you know, I'd turn on the TV and, and see a show or something. I'm like, ah, eh, they made this last month, you know. They didn't have anything going. They had a free couple days and threw this together. I didn't realize movie time is on a total different linear time than the time we're used to, <laughs> you know. Yes. Let me ask, Chris, you married, you have a partner or something like that? Um, I'm not. No, I'm single. So that that helps okay, well that's, in terms of the amount of time that I'm able to put into this. I'm telling you, if I were to go to my wife and say, "Hey, dear, I got this great idea. It's just, I think it's a winner. You know, it's it's a slam dunk. We're gonna we're gonna throw it down on this. Um, but it's gonna take three years. I don't know if I could sell that. You know, I don't know if that would work. <laughs> you know? Um. I, 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 guess it, I guess it helps to have a partner that, that does the uh, same thing or a similar thing, is in the similar field as you, so that they understand. <laughs> oh, man. Well, but you, I mean, this is a big commitment. How many people do you know? That, that is, that's like you can get a degree doing that, you know, the amount of time. That, that's amazing. Um, three years of your life, and here it is in an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I know, was, right? 50 hours on the editing floor, probably, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a good hour and a half, though. It's a fantastic hour Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, to, to summarize sort of the process, I remember seeing a meme 
on social media somewhere where it's like, um, you know, we spend three to four years of blood, sweat, and tears for you to fall asleep to our film. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, that's that, terrible. Yeah, that's never just one of those memes where I was like, <laughs> that was just one of those ones where it's just like, oh, man, that hits so deep. That hits so deep because how many people, you know, put on, put on a movie on, on whatever streaming platform, and uh, it, it's the end of the night. They're winding down, and it's and it's oftentimes the thing that they fall asleep to. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, it happened to us last night. Not to me, ladies and gentlemen. I never fall asleep on stuff. Um, <laughs> I I purposely take naps. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a nap now. Here's, here's I put aside an hour. Um, as my wife, she's like, how do you take an hour nap? I'm like, I don't know. I'm refreshed. I, I do it every day. Uh, but Last night we were watching, what were we watching? We were watching The Boys or something on Amazon. And there's all this action going on. People's faces are getting blown. I mean, just all kinds of craziness. Um, you know, superhero, just insanity. And all of a sudden I start hearing snoring. I look over at the sofa. The wife is just sawing logs. I'm like, how do you fall asleep to that? I wouldn't want to have those dreams. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> that's it. So bad. So I woke her up. I said, let's go to bed. We'll finish this tomorrow. <laughs> you know, See, you it happens. It happens. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Now, you create this this this, this art, this, this, this fantastic documentary, this fantastic film, and then you have to get it to – and everybody's like, well, that's great, Chris. The, you know, the race is run. How do you fit? And you're like, no, the race – got to get this out. People got to see it. Um, did you, ha- like, shop this out on this festival circuit, or, you know, I'm just throwing stuff out. I really don't know how this business works, but um, you got Gravitas uh, involved, right? Yeah, hey, so, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really thankful that uh, Gravitas Ventures um, came on board uh, with their interest to distribute the film in the U.S., and, uh, yeah, so to answer your question, uh, I submitted it to a number of different festivals, uh, and mm. uh, it it um, played in Boston, in Baltimore, in Toronto, in Grenada, in the Caribbean, and also too in Accra, Ghana, uh, as well too. And um, and there was a there was a producers rep who discovered the film when it was in the Roxbury International Film Festival, and he's the one who actually mm. um, um, showed original in, interest in it. And uh, a- Alex Alex Notch or uh, Alex Notch. I could be pronouncing his last name um, wrong, and I'm sorry if I am. And uh, he he was the one that made the connection with Gravitas Ventures, and and uh, so that that was really um, cool that he um, that he found interest in the film. And then uh, in terms of the Canadian distribution, um, you know, I just I just cold called or cold emailed like a bunch of different um, companies that were going to be present at the hot dogs film festival at, at, at that year, I think it was 2019 and um, game theory films was one of them. And, and I saw that there were a new up and coming company, a boutique um, distributor. And I, I, mm-hmm. I liked the idea of building with a, a new player, a new young player in the industry. So um, uh, Hillary Hart and I, who's, um, who's one of the main um, uh, individuals over at uh, Game Theory Films. Uh, we'd had conversation for months over over the film, and 
finally were able to execute the the deal for Canadian distribution. So that's that's how I was able to to get it out. And and currently right now we're we're looking for um, distribution in the international markets as well too. So the, the number of companies that we've contacted that we've been in touch with and just trying to see um, where the best home would be for it in terms of the international market. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And just a side note there, uh, folks, if you, you know, you, you've made a film and, and you want you want to do this, this a plan like this, Chris very, very quickly said, you know, I submitted it to a bunch of film festivals and this and that. Understand, when you send it in, 
It ain't free. You got to send a check with it. So when somebody says, yeah, I submitted this to 20 film festivals, that's 20 checks. And they're usually not $2.50 checks. So when you're putting your budget together, it's got it's, it's gonna be part of it, you know. It's uh, you gotta do it. That's amazing. Yeah, that That's goes amazing, into the marketing Chris. budget. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, and and no, you you actually bring up a great point. Is the submission fees because the submission fees very 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 quickly add up, and like each festival oh, yeah. well, averages about you, right. If they don't if they don't accept it, no, they don't, ladies and gentlemen. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, There's exactly. Money coming so, in. Exactly. I mean, some sometimes you can make it back with, with some festivals, not all, but some festivals, about half of the festivals I've been in, uh, they pay screening fees. So that mm. sort of makes it up. Um, that can sometimes make it up a little bit or at least um, help to make it up. But it's definitely something, the, 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 the submission fees are definitely something that you do have to budget for. That um, And we put a part of the marketing section of our budget as well, too, because it is marketing, essentially. And, um, and yeah, so that, 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 that is something to be planned for. And, and advice that I would give to uh, newer or younger filmmakers is as much as possible, go for the early deadlines because, um, you know, it, sometimes it could, it could be the difference between 50% increase in submission fees between the early deadline and the late deadline mm-hmm. or, or, or a thirty percent increase between the early deadline and the and the regular deadline. So, as as much as possible, um, aim for the early deadline, the the, the the cheapest rate. Absolutely, absolutely. I I was talking to a filmmaking friend of mine, an indie filmmaker, and uh, we were talking about you know uh, marketing budget or just budgets in general, and and he told me some very interesting advice. He said, it's like firewood when you go camping. Um, you you think okay I'll need this much, triple that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Things happen, and you're gonna need more money uh, for different things. It's just the nature of the beast, I guess. From what I understand, from what I understand, I'm I'm not that's accurate. Experience. That is accurate. <laughs> that is absolutely accurate. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I I don't want it to be. I know all artists get sick of talking about business, but with film, it really is important um, because you really want to get it out there. You know, you want people to see this and whatnot. Because um, you, you, like I said, spent three years making this, you know. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, let me ask you this. Now, this drops in a week, and we're all very focused on becoming a queen and whatnot. And I have to ask, Chris, because you're so good at your art. Are the real, and I know you Hollywood types or Toronto types, it's hard to talk about things sometimes if, if uh, all the T's aren't crossed and I's dotted, but are the gears turning for the next project, your next one? Yeah, yeah, um, actually, uh, I do have a, uh, a trip scheduled to the Caribbean to uh, go uh, meet a potential subject of the, of the next project, uh, so the wheels are slowly turning on that. Um, and actually, since uh, becoming a queen, I did um, complete a, a short documentary with uh, CBC, our national broadcaster called uh, Patty vs. Patty, um, which is about mm-hmm. the 1985 Patty Wars, so-called Patty Wars here in Toronto, where um, 
federal food inspectors uh, uh, threatened Jamaican patty sellers uh, with hefty fines if they didn't change the name of the patty because the name conflicted with what Canadian law already had defined as what a patty was, which was hamburger Ooh. meat. So what they thought would be a small, innocuous situation actually turned into an international, a bit of an international incident, a ridiculous incident between Canada and Jamaica over the naming of the food. So um, we made a satirical, comedic documentary about that um, for the 10th anniversary of Patty Day here in Toronto, which is uh, February 23rd. So that film is actually um, uh, making its festival uh, circuit. So it's going to premiere in Jamaica June 30th. It's going to premiere um, at the Black Star Festival in Philadelphia. I believe the date is August 6th or August August 7th, which August 6th is Jamaica's Independence Day. So, uh, so yeah, so the wheels have been turning um, on uh, projects since becoming a queen and, and uh, uh, just had some stuff at different various stages of um, development and production. Amazing, amazing. Hey, Chris, I don't know if you realize this or not, but, um, you know, you're doing all this cool stuff uh, in the middle of a pandemic. You know, this global economy kind of ground to all for a minute. Was how was that? Were you nervous? Were you loosening your tie a little bit? I mean, you got to be right. Or you just put your head yeah. down and get the ball down the court or down the field. Yeah, no, uh, there was definitely like kind of a lot of anxiety around that. Like with with becoming a queen, not so much because we were in post production already um, with. Mm with with the film so we we didn't need to be out and about or out on sets or going to visit people and and uh, I, I did a lot of the editing from home um so that that was lucky in that regard but um actually when we were going into production for for patty versus patty that happened at a very precarious time because that happened at a time when when toronto was open but then there was like storm cloud clouds in the horizon that things were going to close down again because of all the COVID cases. So, you know, my, my producer, uh, Kate, Kate Frazier and I, we were like, Oh man, we, we got to make sure we can get this off. And, and like, you know, with our crew, we had to, we, we were like, we, we had to basically plan like five different rain days <laughs> just in case, oh, you know, man. and yeah. And it, and it, and it, and it, and the other thing that's tough about it too is, is um, just being aware that someone critical uh, like your your main actor or or your cinematographer or even myself could get COVID the day before the shoot. So it's like that that created a lot of anxiety as well too. And lucky lucky you know knock on wood that none of that happened for our production. But I know I know other productions that um, situations like that have has happened where somebody who was irreplaceable to a production got COVID the day before, tested positive mm. for COVID the day before, the day of, and. You know, there's just nothing you can really do about that. So that that definitely created a lot of anxiety around around the project and around the industry as a whole. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine because everything, you know, it's like a house of cards. You lose the the, the key person there. Well, what, what do we do? Well, we all got to wait and we got to figure out everybody's schedule. And I have found filmmakers and filmmaking crews, people that work on films, are kind of like my musician friends. Um, Everybody kind of, not in the music business, kind of thinks that bands just, oh, it's a group of guys and gals, and, and they're, uh, you know, all they have is one band. The reality is a lot of people, in order to feed their family and whatnot, are in seven bands, 
You know, they're yes. doing all kinds Absolutely. of stuff. And, um, you know, so if it's like airplane delays, or you know, there's a domino effect trying to hurt all those cats again. Logistically, is is difficult, I would imagine. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, you did it. You know, you did. It. I hope all your, you know, speaking of of Corona and all, I hope all of your tribe, all your people and whatnot, uh, came through okay. Um, man. Yeah, I, they I did. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, and you guys in Canada were serious about it. You know, you, you took it seriously, and I think that's good. I'm in Florida. We are the Studio 54 of idiocy sometimes <laughs> when it um, comes to stuff like this, you know. We're, we're the state where some oh, this you see on the news all the time. This guy, uh, you know, he saw an alligator in his backyard, and he tried to pet it. <laughs> Get his arm off, and everybody's like, oh, didn't see that coming. You know, are you kidding me? <laughs> we have a big thing now. Our latest thing here is um, they, they put a high-speed rail in, you know, like the rest of the world has. And yeah. people think that, yeah, I'm in a car. If it hits me, what? We have a fender bender. No, dude, that's a 500-ton train. <laughs> You're in a little car. And you're not gonna win. Wow. Every day. So have there, there been a lot of accidents with it? I'm telling you, every other day somebody is killed. It's just crazy. Oh, no. I was watching a thing the other day. They had a drawbridge that went up, and some lady thought, I guess she thought she was the Duke's of Hazard or something, and was gonna. <laughs> I'm not waiting for this bridge, and tried to drive over it. I'm like, the bridge is at a 90, 80 degree angle. Are you kidding? You, I think there needs to be a documentary just on Florida, just on the world of Florida. (laughs) It needs to be a series. It needs to be a series just on the world of Florida because there there are some really strange stories that come out of Florida. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The governor, oh, oh, the biggest employer in the state. Let's piss them off. Yeah, that's a smart plan. Are you kidding me? The whole state's economy's run on tourism. Stink. I grew up in Detroit, right across the uh, river from Canada there, from Windsor. And uh, that would be like, you know, Michigan saying, yeah, let's get rid of the car companies. Yeah, that's going to do Detroit some favor. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Patty Ward. <laughs> all these patties. Come on, hamburger patties. That's you know another one. I I read. I was reading an article, and I guess it happened quite a while. I don't know. I can't. Know. It was about the uh, the big maple syrup scandal that happened there in Canada, which yeah, in like, Quebec. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Google it. Yeah. Please, you'll be fascinated by the story. Yeah. It's it's a hilarious it, and it's like the most Canadian story ever and like there's like a it, there's like a heist involved as well too like they were stealing like barrels and like millions of barrels of maple syrup and like counterfeit maple syrup and whatnot it's 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 amazing <laughs> it's such a Canadian story. <laughs> well, people trying to get rich, people trying to get rich. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, here's the thing. I'll tell you about all these scams and whatnot. You know, if you would just spend your time and energy doing it the right way, you'd make eight times 
gains as much money, you know? Right. Right. You know, without the risk crazy. of the law looking over your shoulders, or without the, <laughs> without having to look over your shoulders all the time for the law behind you, <laughs> they just they just want to hang out in jail. I guess you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Well, anyway, becoming a queen is out. Now, when this drops next week, folks, because um, I know all of our listeners are you know follow on social media and whatnot, I will be blasting this out everywhere. And um, so you can just but can they pre-order it now though, Chris? Yeah, it's actually available on app. Yeah, it's it's available on Apple TV and iTunes for pre-order. So um, customers nice. in the United States can currently pre-order it, and um, you can go to on Instagram. You can go to Becoming a Queen the Doc and see the links in bio for how to pre-order. Or if you're um, not on Instagram, the website is Calogrove ENT. So Calogrove is spelled C-A-L-L-O-W-G-R-O-V-E-E-N-T dot com slash becoming a queen. And you'll be able to see the links of how to uh, pre-order on iTunes and Apple TV. Nice, nice. And watch these videos, folks. They're fascinating. They're fascinating. You know, it's... I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, everybody's so cool on this, and you've got such a great team. I, I love the video interview. Um, you have one that I saw, I think it was before I even watched the documentary, on, on Kenny, and he's just, you know, he's like, the, how do you say it? These costumes are an expression of my ego. I'm like, that is such a oh, fantastic yeah. line. I, I want to print it yeah. out, put it on my wall. <laughs> yeah, no, that is fantastic. Yeah, he's like, he's like, carnival is an expression of my ego. And I was like, yeah. Kenny's amazing. <laughs> Kenny's like, that, that's the best line in the film. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is, no, Carnival this year is going to be, they're doing it virtually. You guys have done it virtually the last two years, right? They didn't have it the first year, and then they went virtual, and it's going to be virtual again this year, right? Or are they doing it? Well, actually, this year, this year it's coming back. This year it's coming back. Uh, everybody's excited for it. Um, I, I just saw on Instagram that some of the some of the bands were already sold out of certain sections, certain um, uh, band sections of their costumes. So people are excited. People are buying costumes. Um, people are registering for the festival. Uh, yesterday, yesterday was the carnival kickoff where they had their media launch day as well too. So everybody's excited for the return of, um, of Caribbean Carnival back to back to Toronto. Now, are you going to, you, you think, I know there's going to be a lot of stuff going on at Carnival, and, you know, you don't, I, I've thrown par- many a parties in my day, and, you know, you don't want to compete against, <laughs> nobody, don't throw a party on Super Bowl Sunday, you know, you, you know <laughs> um, but are you going to do, you think you're going to do like a little, like, party somewhere, like at a club or something around, maybe show you know, a Q&A it, or something like that? Yeah, so we're we're actually um, working with the FMC, who are the organizers of Car- Carnival, to see uh, oh, okay. uh, what what events we can fit in where we can screen the film during the Carnival season. So we won't do it during the big parade or anything like that, but just during the lead up to it to to be a part of mm. the the build up and the lead up. So um, we're we're, sure. we're looking at a couple of dates. We haven't we haven't set anything in stone, but we are looking at a couple of dates to do a screening. Uh, uh, live in-person screening and Q&A festival 
before the Canadian VOD launch of the uh, of the film. So that will be in early to mid July that we're going to do that. So we're just we're just actually zeroing in on on the dates to see what that event is going to look like. Fantastic. Hey, last question for you. Um, in addition, some people may not know this. Uh, you're a fantastic music video director as well. Uh, you think you're going to be doing any more <laughs> of that type of work or just documentaries and, and this, this, you know, Pinky Elf stuff? No, this film is yeah, no, I actually have a, 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 a music video coming up for a jazz artist named uh, Jesse Ryan, a Trinidadian jazz nice. artist named Jesse Ryan. So we're in pre-production of that. So, yeah, I still definitely do music videos every now and then, not as much as I used to, um, as I am more uh, spending most of my time on uh, film projects now and long format projects. But uh, yeah, like I, st- I still do do music videos and I still enjoy um, music videos and just the, the liberties and the creativity that, that can be taken with music videos that's, that's different, completely different than, than a film per se. Oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I can't, I tell you, my love of music videos start for my family for two years lived in uh, Chatham, Ontario. Uh, this was a oh, million nice. years ago. This was before you were born, Chris. This was a long time ago. <laughs> um, but man, I had, um, we were living there. MTV had just launched in uh, the States. I, we were in the States for that, I remember. And then uh, we moved to Canada and it was much music, man. That was on 24-7 in our house. And, um, uh, yeah, I fell in love with music videos. <laughs> you know, so much music. They were the, they were so much cooler than MTV. All I'm gonna say, <laughs> they were the best. They were. That's you know, that's actually they, really amazing. I guess you to guys have to play from... Canadian artists as well uh, during like yeah, so many an hour or something. So you got really cool bands on there, you know. Yeah, much music. Actually, much music was definitely a big influence. Um, between much music and BET, they were they were a very big influence oh. in my initial interest in film and in music videos um, specifically. So, um, you know, definitely much music has uh, has a strong uh, influence in my career. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing, and it's so cool. And folks, if you if you like me and you want to learn more about Carnival. This is the thing to watch, man. You learn a lot about that. It ain't just a big sexy party. It's there's a lot of history and stuff in there, you know. Um, and and that, I think that's been, been fantastic to know about that, learn about that. Becoming a Queen, great Absolutely. documentary. I want everybody to see it. Uh, definitely will want to see this. Very very cool. Well, Chris, I know you're the one to watch, and, um, you know, I I know that you're going to be doing great things, you know. All I'm going to say, Chris, you already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, when you wake up and you have those mornings where you're like, oh, man, I don't feel like doing it. I know we all have those. Just understand, um, you got to, because you're really, really good at it, you know. Thank you so much. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. And sometimes we do need that reminder. Sometimes we do need that reminder. So I I definitely appreciate you for saying that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And uh, and it's not just money-wise, you know, stuff. uh, Although in my house, that seems to be the case. (laughs) The wife came home with a big cracked windshield yesterday. What are we going to do? I'm going to paint a painting what we're going to (laughs) do. Paper. (laughs) Stop driving behind big trucks. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you know that's the scary part in my life. It's how I I 
view monetary things as, oh, let's get this, let's get a deep freeze, whatever it is. In my mind, most people, I think most normal people say, okay, that's a couple hundred dollars or I need to come up with $500, whatever. And that's how they think, you know, okay, I can do this or that. Me, I'm like, oh, that's three paintings. Okay, let's get to work. <laughs> everything that's, is the same. That's a great way to think about it, though. That's a great way to think about it. And that's, that's your, like, I, I, love, I love the term you have, uh, entrepreneur. That's your entrepreneur yeah. um, element to you. So I love that. You got to be. I'm too old to deliver pizzas. I'd eat them all. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, well, hey, everybody, this episode will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push it out on all the social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. We're on just shy of 600. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I had no idea that there were 600 podcasting platforms, but apparently there are, and we're on them all, um, including all the big ones, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcast, all that kind of stuff. Um, so however you're listening to the show uh, in, the, uh, in the future, Hello from the past. Um, do me a favor. All those links you see with the show, like if you're listening on Pandora, so there's all those links to uh, the um, uh, becoming a, the Callow Groove Entertainment or ENT.com slash becoming a queen. All those links and everything, those all stay active and live. You just click on it. Boom, you're there. You're there, babe. Like and share. If you, I know I harp on this a lot. If you dig something, I can share their social media. Chances are your friends are going to dig it because, you know, they're your friends, common interests and all that. You know, if you think something's cool, they're probably going to think it's cool too. Help get the word out. Uh, that's why, you know, that, yes, we want to get Chris and infinity pool, you know, um, <laughs> you know, or a new car or something. We want that. But we also want him to make more great film for us to entertain us. And that happens with success. <laughs> Believe me, when Chris goes into those meetings with the, you know at a big table and they say, and he, it's so much easier if he says, "Well, here's my, uh, you know, here's what we did with this," and they're like, "Oh, oh fantastic, Chris! Here's a check. <laughs> Let's write it." That goes a lot easier. Um, so yeah. You know, like and share. Hey, and also with film, I don't say this enough, but um, however you watch it streaming, all these streaming sites, I don't care what it is, they all have a place to uh, leave a comment. You don't have to write a doctoral thesis or anything. There's no, there's no pressure. But tell people how, what you thought of the film and whatnot. Leave comments on that. That helps tremendously on these streaming sites. Just the way it is. Just the way it is. Well, very cool. Well, folks, we will be back next time. I want to thank uh, Mr. Chris Strikes again, Becoming a Queen. We all got to see it. It's a fantastic documentary. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, Jamie Rock. Great speaking we'll with you. We'll see you next time. Awesome. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Take care. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rock's Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rock, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.